And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, I'm your host, Adam Danker, and today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, yeah, I'm just going to cut right to it. We have Cantina Media's Brian Sosa on the show, fellow Lightning fan as well. Uh, we'll get into that. I had a great talk with him uh, yesterday, actually. Um, uh, we talk about everything about this whole playoff run. We talk about um, the whole Stanley Cup win as a whole we talk about um stammer uh what this meant to each of us of you know to see him and uh win a cup and lift it and to have some playing time as well throughout that series we also discuss about some breaking news that broke during our recording so we'll get into that um and so this will be part one of my talk with brian sosa now joining me on to today's show uh huge lightning fan from Cantina Media. He's been on the show before. No introduction here. Brian Sosa. How are you doing, Brian? Danker, I'm doing amazing, man. As well as I possibly could be. How are you? Doing well. Feeling like a champion today. Uh, before, <laughs> before I left the house, I had some Wheaties. I, I watched highlights of last night's game again for the zillionth time. It was, it was a great, it was great. It was a good day. It was a good day. Um, <laughs> let we'll we'll just jump right into it. Uh, so. Where we left off back in February, things have changed a little bit, uh, other than the world crumbling around us. Um, you know, just this team has changed so much, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, what? let's just start off, because obviously some of the listeners may be joining us for the first time. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. About myself? About yourself, you know. Oh, you're, oh you're, wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, just in general, well, obviously, you know, you and I met a few years ago working for, you know, NHL.com, which is where uh, everybody, I guess, you know, got to know uh, me as the, you know, resident Lightning fan. It's not as if there's a million of them walking around New York and Secaucus, New Jersey. So <laughs> you could find me, <laughs> you could find me either uh, at the Coliseum for every game against the Islanders or in Newark for games against the Devils and, you know, in Secaucus where we were working. So, um and yeah, you know, I, I, I guess I'll tell people, you know, for this podcast, I just, you know, I've been a Lightning fan since I was a kid, you know, um, the last, you know, championship, any team I've ever rooted for one was 2004. And even though I was definitely old enough to, you know, sort of enjoy it, I think the last 16 years has really, you know, strengthened the bond between myself and the team, as I'm sure it has for a lot of people. And especially, you know, the last six years, especially what, uh, you know, the team has gone through. So you know, I'm definitely a happy person today. And, you know, everybody knows me now as the guy who's into sports gambling and, you know, put a, put a little bit, put a little bit of uh, a little bit of money on the lightning. So them winning makes it, uh, you know, just a little bit better too. Uh, that's great. You know, that's great to hear. Uh, it is, we do need to mention that I did find out during this whole playoff run that your brother, I believe is an Islander fan. So how did that make for uh, in-house uh, 
competition or uh, cheering going on during these games. Did you watch the games with each other? No, we didn't. And full disclosure, yeah, I am, you know, from New York and everybody else in my family are huge uh, Islander fans. And, you know, the Lightning and the Islanders played in the 2004 playoffs also <laughs> in the opening rounds, you know. So uh, this has happened, you know, before, but this time it was in, you know, the conference final. And that was, you know, the first time that it happened. So it was definitely a little... It's definitely a little wild, you know. Uh, you know, I'll admit, me and my dad didn't talk so much, but me and my brother <laughs> were able to me, me and my brother were able to talk through the games a little bit. You know, it was, um, you know, I think that we both, uh, you know, the Islanders have really overachieved getting there, and were a really, really good and you know, I thought dangerous team. I'm sure you'd agree. And so, I mean, I think that we just had a lot of respect for the other team. But by the time Tampa got up three one, you know, I couldn't blow that one. I wasn't gonna live that one down. Yeah, I, I mean, there was – after uh, the Islanders won that first game, there was a lot of Islander fans really walking around puffing their chest out. And, uh, you know, a few were, were saying some things to me that I can't repeat on air. But all I could say is yeah, – all I said to them was just watch the next couple of games, see how you feel around them. And, obviously, the, the, the Lightning ended up winning that series. The Islanders made it a little bit too close, um, looking like maybe a, a replay of what happened during that Flyer series. Uh, with them but obviously we're sitting here today Stanley Cup champions and so last time we spoke there was a lot of question marks with this team in terms of personnel um, one of the big issues that I've spoken about um, a lot on my show was that the Lightning were having a hard time really competing against very physical teams obviously they had a guy like Pat Maroon as well as you know supporting cast players like Ryan McDonough who I have to say I haven't given enough credit to how he played during this whole playoff run he really played his butt off, um, really contributed a lot on the defensive side of the puck. But um, they went out there and they addressed the issue. They got guys like Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow, Sign, Zach Bogosian. And I think you could agree, Brian, in saying that we saw a complete 180 from the team that went into the bubble to the team that started playing in the bubble. Uh, would you agree that maybe things drastically changed in terms of how they approached uh, especially these very physical teams. Like, I mean, they had to play a physical team every single round. So it wasn't like they got a round off. They were just as, as tired as the stars were, even though they played less games. Yeah. I mean, I think that <clears throat> what they knew going in was that it was playoff hockey. Right. And that the, the postseason is far more physical than the regular season. There's a lot more that tends to be let go in the playoffs and the games get really physical. And if there's one conclusion you draw from the lightning, the last five years, it's that when teams can out physical them, you know, can, can, you know, body them up, you know, that's when they start to have problems. I think that, you know, the lightning tried to address those holes, you know, you name the guys. And I know that we talked about it last time I was on in February, it's Goodrow, it's Maroon, it's Coleman. And, you know, the team credit to Julian Bourgeois because he realized that the, after last year, they needed to be changes, but the team didn't need more skill. It needed more sand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he got the sand and, you know, yeah, the team maybe wasn't playing at its most physical point, you know, during the regular season, but I really just think that's regular season hockey. And then once the team got to the postseason, every single series, you saw the lightning win games, two, one, three, two, three, one games that this team would have lost in the past. Yeah. So I do think that having that element where they can't get pushed around and they're unwilling to get pushed around and also, playing very defensively responsible, something this team has not done in the past. Defensive structure 
uh, was there. So I think being physical and having a defensive structure on top of all the offensive skill, that's what put the team over the edge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we they were tested right off the bat in that respect with that 5 OT game uh, against Columbus. And they, they, they won that game fair and square and solely based off defensive structure. Um, so what were the things that going into this bubble that you expected from to see from the Lightning? Well, one thing that I expected that we didn't really see until the very end was that power play, you know, turn the switch on, turn on yeah. the Jets. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> The after, uh, after that first game against the Islanders where Tampa scored eight goals and a bunch of them were on the power play, you know, I think they went one for 15 on the power play the next five games. And, you know, going into a series against the Stars, I did not think that was going to be a recipe for success. I mean, obviously, Tampa's penalty kill also turned it on in a way I didn't expect also because the Stars didn't score a power play goal the entire series. And we know, um, you know, how much skill they have. So I think um, I was – I was – expected I guess more from the power play and less from the penalty kill and things were a little bit reversed there until the cup where it kind of uh you know sort of all came together and something that I did expect to see was more of Steven Stamkos and I'm sure we can get into that uh yeah. we didn't see as much of him obviously it <laughs> I mean it works out okay bittersweet in a way um but the thing I expected to see and that we saw was the best players are the best players you know, it's yeah. Victor Hedman, it's Braden Point, it's Nikita Kucherov. And, you know, you don't win the cup without your best guys being your best guys. You see Dallas had Tyler Sagan, who wasn't playing poorly necessarily, but just couldn't put the puck in the net, and that's what he's paid for. And they didn't score enough goals. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, yeah. yeah, I went – I that was one of the things I said when I did the preview for the cup finals is that the key factor for Dallas going through in this entire se season uh, series was – to get Sagan going. And it actually um, was released today uh, that Sagan was playing with a couple injuries uh, here and there. There's, we're going to, and we're going to start to see that news kind of trickle out over the next couple of days as to what guys were really dealing with through, through this entire run. Um, it, they said Sagan was having issues with his hip, his knee, his ankle. It was basically all in this, on, all, all in the same leg. So he was basically skating out there with one leg. And if, you know, now that that comes out, you could see there were certain plays around the net where he just wasn't moving as well. Um, I believe there was a couple of shots last night. There was that one play where uh, they had a dangerous opportunity in the slot and he just totally whiffed on it. But you could see, you know, now that now knowing what we know, you could see there was maybe something holding him back there. But um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we'll get into Stamkos in just a little bit, but um, the, I, for me, going into this whole bubble, it was kind of the, the opposite. I was expecting the PK to really have to come up big just because of some of the struggles that they had um, on the power play, especially without Stamkos, uh, who scored uh, a team, team high uh, 12 out there during the season on the power play. But, um, and I also said it on the post game last night that this was, and I know it's an easy thing to say, but if you look at how everything came together, this was probably the best all-around game that they played the entire run, uh, coupled with Vasilevsky shutting them out. Um, and it was nice to see Stamkos play. Yeah, like you said, it was bittersweet just because he, he barely played three minutes. But, boy, it was a hell of a three minutes that he played, uh, especially that one shot on that. And, I mean, the, the whole thing that kind of uh, lightens the mood with that whole, uh, that whole situation was the 
locker room video. I don't know if you saw it with him and Maroon and Maroon summer, summarizing Stamkos' uh, old playoff performance. Um, that was fun, fun to see. But I'm glad, I'm glad at least he got a couple of uh, shifts here and there on the ice. And he scored a goal. And, you know, he, he could say now that he was uh, at least played a, a part in them winning the cup and he was actually on the ice to, to lift it. I think that was a really cool moment to see that, especially after everything was said and done. Yeah, man, that video with Stamkos, who looks like he was a little bit inebriated, and Pat Maroon talking about how they're lineies, so Stamkos is on the grinder line. And, you know, I tweeted about that right when the game was starting, that Stamkos was centering a grinder line, and I actually thought that that was kind of great. And, uh, look, it's absolutely storybook, man. I mean, for him to get out of the ice, you know, he snipes one, we're all excited. And then, you know, for him not to come back and not to play again is <clears> – <throat> that's really the bittersweet part. and. You know, it's sad, and I, I was really happy to see him during the celebrations, and that's what kind of makes it all okay, um, you know, because everything he's been through, you know, the guy deserved, you know, deserved to have this happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unfortunate he wasn't able to do more, but the fact that he had that moment, like you said, was just, man, like, what a moment. And, yeah, you I know, mean, that's, that's top five best moment in franchise history. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great moment. I mean, honestly, anything behind like things that clinched anything ever. So what two Ruslan Fedotenko goals, yeah. a Martin St. Louis goal in double overtime, yeah. you know, there's a couple of goals and then it's like that moment where Stamkos comes back and picks a corner. I mean, uh, just, it was unbelievable, man. I I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, uh, you know, on the verge of tearing up when that happened a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And to do that, to, to, to nail that shot after so many obviously he practiced a ton before getting on back on the ice but to come back and to look like you just picked off picked up where you left off is it 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 really shows like how talented he is and just how unfortunate his injury history has has really been um just you know kind of it seems like he's been robbed and as well as us as fans uh of just you know how of what could have been basically with, with him. And I, I'm not saying this is like the end of Steven Stamkos, but I'm saying we've definitely missed out on some, you know, possible good moments with him, especially throughout this whole playoff run. And I, I, I could, I definitely could have seen this whole playoff run gone a little different. So let's play the hypothetical game uh, real quick. If we have a healthy Stamkos on the first line, now, obviously that's going to have to push someone off the first line. Um, uh, where do you see maybe this playoff run shaping out to be? Do you think it's a little different, maybe along the lines of what happened? I honestly think that Columbus series goes a little bit smoother, possibly a sweep. Um, what do you, you know, I, it's, it's tough to say because I would never be the person to say that having no Steven Stamkos in your lineup would make your team better because it wouldn't. Your team would not be as good. I think one area where I don't want to say it, it, it helped. But the fact that Stamkos wasn't there really just allowed Cooper to, you know, I think just muck things up a little bit and that they have the one, the one line with really most of the skill, but most of the bottom six is really kind of grinding it out, playing physical, which is kind of what you need against a team like Columbus and against a team like Boston, against a team like the Islanders. So I don't think that it, it helped to not have Steven Stamkos. I just think that, John Cooper was able to adjust and really most of the decisions that he made in certain terms of inserts and taking out of the lineup, especially when Braden Point didn't play, things really, really 
uh, worked out. I want to say the same thing happens, dude. Like, uh, what am I going to sit here and say that the team would stand close plays and then they wouldn't win the cup? I mean, it's, it is possible if you think how dominant the top line was. If that line wasn't together, would the Lightning have been less dominant? Yeah. I mean, sure, maybe. It's, it's, you know, it's possible. But, I mean, Tampa was the, Tampa was the best team in each individual series now the best team doesn't always win you have to go out there and do it but what can i say man they did it and i want to believe that if they had stammer they would have done it too i don't know we saw him play for three minutes and he did it during that time i know it was it was insane and it was it was the other thing that really was surprising is that it took vasileski until this last game to to get his first shot out of the playoffs which was kind of insane when i thought about it um i really thought he was going to have a couple of them Maybe I, I really thought he was going to go out in game, I believe it was two, and just get a, a shutout just in response to dropping game one. But, I mean, Vasilevsky's played incredible throughout this whole run. Uh, we spoke briefly, uh, texting back and forth, I believe, last week, where I said, and I've been saying it throughout the entire time on my show, that, you know, the one thing that he's really only been doing wrong was just the puck handling, um, just outside the net stuff, nothing really in the crease. But, I mean, he was pretty flawless. Now, um, speaking of great performances, what are your feelings on the Conn Smythe winner, Victor Hedman? Now, I was shocked uh, to have not had point at win it, but um, if you're looking at significance, I mean, this really could have gone either way. And I'm not, I'm not that upset about it, but I'm sure uh, there's some other Lightning fans that would have rather preferred to have seen point. All right, well, let me talk to my fellow Lightning fans for a second. <laughs> if you are upset about the awarding of the Conn Smythe Trophy to Victor Hedman, stop it. <laughs> um, it doesn't mean that Braden Point maybe wasn't equally deserving or whatever. It's just that the team won the Stanley Cup, and who got handed the Conn Smythe is really just a matter of semantics, you know, at this point. I would have been yeah. fine with either one getting it, but I will tell you that my brother texted me, you know, before the game and said, you know, Point is the favorite, but Victor Hedman is actually on the odds there, plus 200, meaning you can double your money for Hedman to win the Conn Smythe. Do you think this is right? And I thought, no. I, I, so I guess we're on different sides there. I mean, I thought if the Lightning win, Victor Hedman's the Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Um, it's very simple to me, very easy. And I only say that because without Hedman, they're just not there. And I know that they lost both games at that point didn't play and the team looked significantly worse, especially offensively when point was in the game. So he's equally irreplaceable, I guess. But I just think without Hedman, the team just doesn't hold together. I think especially in that first series, you end up with an injury to McDonough, but Gosian's got to miss a game. Shen's got to miss time. Yeah. And the only guy who's still in there every single time plays with everyone can play any situation. It's Victor Hedman. And he scored 10 goals, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I, and the other thing is is that, yeah, they lost those games without point, but who really came up big in those games for, you know, in his absence? That was Victor Hedman. There was that one game where he scored two goals uh, when the first game, I believe, one point went down, and then he just really was quarterbacking this entire team throughout those, those whole games and really kept them together to where um, – I believe like maybe the losses weren't exa weren't as demoralizing without point as, you know, you would, you would affect, you know, cause he has to be a leader in that situation and him to really step up into, you know, we obviously, we don't know what was said behind closed doors from him to his teammates, but you could tell that, all right, you know, even if we don't have point, we still have a chance to win this game because Victor Hedman's going to, you know, lead us there. And that was something that really stuck out to me. And, um, 
I saw someone, I saw a argument being made for Kucherov as well, you know, with him just really setting up things for everybody on this team. Um, he had an insane playoffs. Obviously he didn't score as many goals as we're accustomed to him scoring, but still, I mean, Kuch played an incredible, had a, an incredible playoff performance. Now, what did you see from Kuch that, um, you know, really impressed you throughout this run? Well, I'm pretty sure he still managed to have, what, 34 points, 37 yeah, points, points. Yeah, you know, just in an insane amount. I'll say something for Cooch is that, you know, I don't think his impact is really, even though he's a guy who scores a lot of points, it's not always felt on the score sheet because he's the guy you can never, ever take your eyes off of. Yeah. I really think having Cooch you know, in the circle, really on that opposite side of where Stamkos usually is. Cooch on, you know, on, on one of the circles while Point stands in the slot on the power play. Well, how do you cover both of them? Yeah. You know, and, I, and, and, it's, and it's a great example of why you saw on the first goal yesterday, Point got a shot off and then was able to get through the middle of the ice, through four defensemen and get his own rebound because guys have to stay on – the other two guys on his line. Yeah. And that's Palat and it's Kucherov. So, I mean, the, I think the entire line just makes each other better. But, I mean, as far as the Smythe thing goes, I, I would have been, you know, not that Kucherov is undeserving, but it was a point or a headman thing. And, you know, for me, Braden Point is the maybe the best player on the team, the most skilled uh, overall player on the team. But Victor Hedman is – Actually, I don't even know if that's true. Victor Hedman's everything, man. I think if you asked all the guys in the locker room, they would say a similar thing that you just said a minute ago, that even without Stamkos and even when Point was out, they always felt like they had a chance because 77 was in the back. Yeah, and just to echo your, your point about how, you know, having Kucherov and Point on the ice uh, really drew a lot of attention. You know, there was a prime example. I believe it was game four or five. Uh, they were both going down the rush. Um, Kucherov dishes it off the Point. And he finds Plot all by himself in front of the goalie uh, right there for the one-timer. And, you know, there was not a defender in sight. It was just him and Kadobin. And it was somewhat an easy opportunity for Plot there. So uh, right before we get into some talk about, you know, the Braves tomorrow, I believe, uh, the team just actually touched down. We're recording this at 6.42, so they touched down probably a half hour or so ago back in Tampa. Uh, we'll discuss all about that stuff. We'll maybe talk about their chances of repeating. But first, let's talk about today's sponsor, and that's rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto park customers online for the last 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, and they're how to be here about us box so we know, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So lightning just touched down about half, half hour or so ago. Um, just some of the pictures that have been surfacing online are just insane but not surprising. <laughs> at this point uh the funny one that i saw uh just before we jumped on the the talk was Clorn passed that on the flight with the stanley cup yeah. on top of him that was a yeah. good one um and they were showing a picture of uh, the trolleys that we'll be riding around in the parade and uh there's a 
cooler of White Claw waiting for them right near the door <laughs> for that. So, uh, you know, to say these guys are prepared is, you know, an understatement. But, um, yeah, so unfortunately, they're, you and I, us being in New York, we're not going to be able to make it there. But, um, yeah, it's a great great thing uh it's probably gonna be limited capacity in terms of you know how they do this i saw something about they're going from the trolleys to like boats or ferries and then people are going to be able to um be able to watch sort of the the water parade i could a situation in which people just get on their boats or their jet skis and they're just right next to the boat and that could (laughs) run into some issues here and there um well, you know, they have the river walk right down there. So yes, I think right next, yes. once they get past Amelie Arena, the river walks a couple of miles. Maybe people will be able to line up along that since it's outside. If the team is on boats or something like that, that's, that's really interesting. I saw some of those photos and then, um, you know, not to like get all serious or sentimental. And then you see the one where, um, you know, Hedman's hugging his wife. Yes, yes. And, you know, what made me feel about that photo is that, one, every single player who's coming home, Tampa, Dallas, every guy that was there didn't get to see their family for X amount of time, getting to see their family. And you kind of think about every player in you know, the league for that. And the other thing I thought was, man, this guy just put the Con Smoffy, Con, sorry, the Con Smythe <laughs> trophy down on the asphalt. Like, think of, obviously, think about how much he missed his wife, how much he missed his family. Yeah. He took the Con Smythe trophy, put it on the concrete because he was like, I haven't seen my wife. That's the Con Smythe trophy. But yeah. his wife is more important. And, it, you know, it just goes to show you that, like, how much these guys, you know, sacrificed to even be, you know, in that bubble and to walk out of it. Stanley Cup champions, I, you know, I can't even imagine. You know, uh, when I saw Hedman said, you know, this is it. Like, our names are going to be on this, like, forever. And it made me think it doesn't matter that it was in a bubble or that, you know, it was – different you know people you know call it the covid cup it counts the same as every other one yeah uh i mean regardless of the situation surrounding the playoffs i mean a cup is a cup yeah yeah and they you know even gary bettman whose word is law said that this was the hardest <laughs> path to to the cup uh ever which you know i'll take that that's fine you know i yeah i we could sit here and spend hours criticizing gary bettman but i think that's one of the things we could agree with uh, that we're happily agreeing with. And yeah, um, the whole ordeal of being away from your family for months on end. And you made a great point uh, before we start recording that um, it was, you know, the case could be made that maybe it was a little bit of an advantage for the Lightning to go from Toronto to Edmonton because it was more of a fresher breath air, you know, going from one hotel to the other where Dallas was stuck in their rooms for the last two to three months. And that could really wear on you, uh, especially, you know, when you're not near your family and you're, you're having only the, the, the X amount of certain meals that they have on the, on, on the menu there. I, I was telling you a story how I heard of a, uh, I believe a reporter was in the bubble. She had pretty much everything on the menu within the first two weeks there. And so, um, you know, imagine a guy, you said your response was imagine a guy like Pat Maroon or any one of these guys uh, going through that and having to eat that much and just the same thing over again, it takes a toll on you. And, you know, we're lucky enough as, as fans not to really know about that, but these guys are really, you know, and, and one of the things that really stuck out to me that was kind of very sentimental was uh, what Blake Coleman said that he, he made a video for his daughter because she's, you know, she's young. So, so she wouldn't forget him. Um, And, you know, that was really something that it really, it really hit me when, when he, when it came out and said that, and, you know, we, they, how these guys really, 
not only sacrificed obviously their bodies and their health, but they sacrificed valuable time uh, with their families. Yeah, you know, different isn't better or worse, right? It's just different. In a normal playoff run, you know, you're dealing with the rigors of travel, playing on the road, and, you know, what comes along with that. This was much more of a mental battle than it was a physical toll. So, I mean, I do think, and, you know, I'll full-on admit this, I think it was an advantage for Tampa to be able to not look at the same exact four walls for however many days they were able to split that time up and look at a different four walls, but you know, Dallas didn't have, you know, that luxury. It doesn't take anything away, you know, from the lightning at all. I just think that it was, maybe it was a, like you said, a a breath of fresh air mentally more than anything else to just get out of Toronto, go somewhere else. It wasn't the same exact locker room, the same exact hotel room, the same exact meals every single time. So yeah, I think that the change of pace definitely helped. And, this being such like an unpredictable season, like, you know, who would even thought that something like that would even be a factor? Because until the Lightning um, beat Boston, I didn't even think about the fact that they were going to be flying to Edmonton. Yeah. Um, I said at the beginning that um, if Tampa were able to get by Boston, I think at that point, I didn't really see a team in the Eastern Conference at least. Uh, having a chance of beating them, I think that they were just playing with house money once they got uh, to playing against the Islanders. Um, which, oh, no way. No I, way. I, yeah. House, I, house, house money is what the Islanders were playing with when they got to the Eastern well, Conference. Well, I, I didn't – when I said that, I didn't really <laughs> – I was expecting Tampa to to play the to the Bruins in the conference finals. Yeah, right. And this Fair was before enough. round robin, you know. So right. it, the fact that – they it was it was kind of one of those they checked off every 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 box with this whole run they, they so that concludes part one of my discussion with brian sauce we'll be having part two later on today like i like we tweeted out yesterday we took a day off just to celebrate the cup win a full day for lightning fans uh we're back today of course with uh two episodes in one day yeah we're hit we're still working just because we're celebrating doesn't mean we're still putting out content. Here we are, like we always do, putting out great content. Uh, once again, thanks to Brian for coming on. Uh, he will probably have him on in a couple weeks or so. So uh, when you're listening to this, go ahead, like, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LO underscore. Go ahead, and if you want to leave us a message, a voicemail for the show, whether it's a question uh, regarding what our favorite moments were, or as well as maybe just a comment about what your favorite moments were during this whole playoff run, go ahead. The, the phone number to the voicemail is in our, um, our bio on the Locked On Lightning Twitter page. Uh, so that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I'll talk to you on the next one.